Hey, great to be back with you guys again. It's strange as a pastor missing folks through a video, but that is kind of what's happened over the last four weeks, but really thrilled with Russell and Ryan and the way they've led from this seat, uh, led all of Radius Church, especially those of y'all that are uh, gathering together online on Sundays. So great to be with you. Let's, let's pray and ask the Lord to speak in these coming minutes. Father, we, uh, we keep doing this. We keep doing this because uh, we love you. We want to be faithful. We know you're faithful. So we celebrate your faithfulness. And uh, Lord, we need help to keep our minds focused on who you are. So even as we read your word this morning, we pray that you bring it to life. We pray you'd remind us who you are and uh, give us a good time together and speak into us as individuals and, and as a corporate group. And we trust you with these minutes in Jesus' name. Amen. So Thursday, I um, got, got the privilege of helping a friend move in a house. I don't know what it is about the Reeves. The Reeves have moved a bunch of times. And so when a U-Haul truck uh, pulls up, we kind of know what to do. You get excited. My motor starts running. I get really excited about it. And so we start unloading this truck, uh, pulling off boxes and furniture and so forth. And my, my energy is just through the roof. About, uh, about a half hour, 45 minutes later, we had a great crew. So the truck was almost completely unloaded. And there's one more dresser at the very back. And so I decided this kind of strategy, old man, you help unload the truck so you don't have to walk too much. The last dresser, I, just, I, I decided to grab it. Me and Joe Pitts grabbed it. And we walked it up, up the driveway, a little bit of steep driveway, and then up the eight steps into the house. And then we walked it over to the steps to go upstairs to the master bedroom. And I got it. I'm fine. All's good. And all of a sudden, I start feeling lightheaded. I'm, I'm at the bottom of the steps. I'm feeling lightheaded. I don't know about you guys that are taking this in, but nothing in me is going to say I'm not carrying this the rest of the way up the steps. But as I got three steps in, I, I go, Joe, I'm going to have to set this down for a minute. And so we, we set it down. And, you know, you can kind of make the excuse your hands weren't adjusted right. It really wasn't even that heavy. And then I looked at Joe and I looked back at the dresser and I go, Joe, I'm going to have to sit down. <laughs> I mean, all the pride that I've built up over 52 years of life is being washed away in this minute. And I, I had to sit down. And the next thing you know, I'm, uh, I, I'm sitting down for 15 minutes drinking a Gatorade. All the blood's come out of my head. My eyes were bloodshot after the fact. I'm just getting soft or, or weak or, or what has happened to me? It was this, uh, it was this strange frustrating, embarrassing moment. I got on the phone and called Cheryl because I don't know about you ladies, but she always warns me about what I'm getting older and like you can't do everything you used to be able to do. And so the guys were making excuses for me, trying to make me feel better. And I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, man, I, I can't even carry furniture anymore. I uh, reviewed my day before like, what is wrong with me? Well, well, I had sweet tea at three different meals because I hadn't had much sleep. I was trying to stay awake, and I drank a Mountain Dew the day before. And then I ate a minimal breakfast that morning, so I didn't have much in me. And I'm trying to come up with every reason why I am breaking down. So some of it was just 
no discipline. Some of it certainly is getting older. And then when I really reflected on it, and some of y'all are right here with me, I hadn't exercised for like a month. Nothing real exercise. Something about this, I guess we call it the COVID season, uh, has knocked me out of my rhythm. And as I gotten out of rhythm, uh, particularly physically, man, I paid for it, right? You know, it wasn't even that hot. I was pouring sweat, carrying this dresser, and that month of lack of, of exercise, my body just wasn't ready to do the rep with an average weighing dresser uh, up, a few, uh, up a few steps. And I got a feeling that we at Radius Church, um, many of us are out of rhythm in a variety of ways. Some of us are frustrated because we're rhythm people. But some of us are particularly weak just because we, we haven't continually spent time with God like we normally do because our rhythm's busted up. And so when I read this psalm, Psalm 136, that's all I could think about is the rhythm of the psalm. I've, I've talked to guys this week. Uh, some of the guys say that April was the hardest month in their career. They've been working a job for 30, 40 years and April was the hardest month of the career. I, I, this morning at breakfast, uh, one, one of our partners said those three months, uh, uh, April, May, and June were the worst three months of his entire career, career. And now, and it was just stressful. And he was tired every night in ways that he had never been before. He, he opened his eyes open to some things that he could do better, which was great. But at the end of it, he was exhausted. And, and now he's gotten some rest. But now the rhythm's just really weird. Some of y'all were stuck at home, and so like maybe more rest than you normally get because you weren't running uh, the kids to the ball field or, or a variety of places. So the schedule was very relaxed. So there was, there was rest and physical rest, but the lack of rhythm still created a, a, a bunch of stress on you and your family. And I, I just want to state as a shepherd of Radius Church, that's dangerous. It's dangerous for you, it's dangerous for me, it's dangerous for the church. Um, and we need, to, we need to look at it hard. This psalm, uh, Psalm 136, it says the same thing over and over. And I, I want to read the whole thing. It's, it's uh, 26 verses. I want to ask you to try not to tune me out as I read through it. And I want you to catch the rhythm. And, and then I hope to talk a little bit about how important that rhythm is. Check it out. Psalm 136, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who alone does mighty miracles. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who made the heaven so skillfully. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who placed the earth among the waters. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who made the heavenly lights. His faithful love endures forever. To the sun, uh, the sun so it can rule the day. His faithful love endures forever. And the moon and the stars to rule the night. His faithful love endures forever. That's nine verses in. You still with me? We, we have said his faithful love endures forever nine times. And it almost seems like too much repetition, does it not? 
But then you get in a season of life like we're in right now where we have no repetition, we have no rhythm, and you realize its importance. So just you and your family, when we're done with this, it'd be really cool. He just has celebrated God for nine verses, and he took six of those verses, and he celebrated God in creation. Last week, I got to got a, a few days away at a, at a farm. I got to stay in a cabin at a farm, and there was, there was a couple creeks. It poured a couple days. And because I was out on the farm, I could stand out in the field, and I could watch the thunderstorm come up and see the lightning in the, out in the distance. And guess what? His faithful love endures forever. And then it would start to rain, and because I didn't have a lot of responsibility, I, I could actually sit out in the rain and get wet, and it's hot out and humid, so it felt good. And guess what? His faithful love endures forever. And then the water would start, it would come down really hard, and I'd work to the back porch of this little cabin I was staying in. It was near, near a, a little creek, and the creek would begin to swell, and the noise that it would make was just really cool to take in. And guess what? His faithful love endures forever. We got to remind ourselves of this in this COVID season. So easy to get wrapped up in, in either being frustrated with leadership at, at any level or, or with the change that has come in our lives and we need to get back in the rhythm of being reminded that our God's faithful to us. His love is faithful to us. Check it out. Verse 10. Give thanks to him who killed the firstborn of Egypt. If you know your Bible, you're going back to the Old Testament and he's setting the people free. His faithful love endures forever. He brought Israel out of Egypt. His faithful love endures forever. He acted with a strong hand and a powerful arm. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who parted the Red Sea. It'd probably be appropriate in your home right now to say it with me, right? To say, say it out loud. You may even want to say it really loud. His faithful love endures forever. Verse 14. He led Israel safely through. His faithful love endures forever. But he hurled Pharaoh and his army into the Red Sea. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who led the people through the wilderness. His faithful love endures forever. You can read about that in the Old Testament if you want to go back to Exodus and read a little bit about the Israelites being freed from Egypt. Uh, be a great and encouraging read. And you probably got a story. It'd be really appropriate at your dinner table tonight or, or right now at lunch with the family or, or right after you take in this video. Where you sit is to come back and put a couple lines in. Uh, for me, there's this one house that we stayed in when we were really tight financially. I did not know how I was going to provide for my family. We call that house Covered Bridge. It was a little area. It was called Covered Bridge. And a friend of mine had it, and he, asked, he told us that we could just live in it. And uh, when we tell that story, after I tell the story of how God provided that home for us, I want to say his faithful love endures forever, right? Just like the Israelites were talking about their journey. I'm talking about the Reeves family journey. Covered bridge, his faithful love endures forever and never forget it, right? Rhythm helps us remember his faithful love. Give thanks to him who struck down the mighty kings. His faithful love endures forever. He killed powerful kings. Little, little gross, right? But it's, he's in protection and Promotion of the nation of Israel, his faithful love endures forever. Sihon, king of the Amorites, his faithful love endures forever. And Og, king of Bashan, 
His faithful love endures forever. God gave the land of these kings as an inheritance. His faithful love endures forever. A special possession to the servant, to his servant Israel. His faithful love endures forever. He's directing his people in the Old Testament again. And they are celebrating the memories of how he's directed his people and given them victories. Again, really appropriate with your family. Looking back through your family history. And saying, you know how the Lord brought us to that spot? A couple spots the Lord brought us weren't easy. And uh, yet, looking back on them, we can celebrate his movement of us and the way he got us there and the way he took care of us. Even some of the suffering that's happened over the course of these years as a Reeves family. And so I, I can talk about those spots and places that God's moved us both physically and emotionally and spiritually. And at the end of that, a great exercise at the table is to tell a story, dad, mom. Tell a story to the kids or have the kids tell you a story and then say, his faithful love endures forever. He ain't going to quit. Last few verses. He remembered us in our weakness. What a great line. His faithful love endures forever. He saved us from our enemies. His faithful love endures forever. He gives food to every living thing. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to God of heaven. His faithful love endures forever. Hey, Radius, I want, I want to remind you that we have, uh, we kind of have a large body between six different campuses or churches, right? And there are folks this week that have had a horrible week. Um, I, I know of a couple stories personally. I, I know one of, our, one of our partners is expecting his wife to pass away um, any day now. And uh, I had to see him this week, and it's painful. And yet he would proclaim this line, even as he watches his wife come breathe her last breaths. Truth about God is that his faithful love endures forever. It's so important that we're together on that, in that rhythm. I, I, I've got to talk with a few folks where their family has just had some really tough hits in the last few weeks. And we still say this Sunday that his faithful love endures forever. You feel that rhythm, good and bad, that rhythm of his faithful love enduring forever. I, I, I am convinced that because of that lack of rhythm, that many believers are struggling right now. There's this deep struggle because they've lost sight of who God is. And th those simple lines that his love endures. There's, there's a, a great line in Romans. Romans uh, is, is a wonderful book, but chapter five, verse eight, it's a, it's a verse that a lot of people quote, but this one simple line is, while we were yet sinners, which means that God has an unconditional love for you. So even though you might feel distant from him because you've lost rhythm or because you haven't been able to be around believers like you had in the past before COVID, hey, his love hasn't changed. So right now in the middle of COVID 2020, you can say with me, his faithful love endures forever. He ain't going anywhere. His love never stops. He is love. He's relentless with his love. He loves you. Many times, I think, uh, particularly when we start to get some separation from God, maybe because of this lack of rhythm right now, we begin to doubt whether he continues to love us. I'm telling you right now, based on the Bible, 
that his love endures forever. Hey, some of us through the COVID season uh, already leaned a little cynical and perhaps because of that cynicism, gathering together as a church was already kind of difficult to want to do because we know that, that the believers that we sit with, uh, they're not perfect people. So that cynicism kind of kind of grows inside. And I, I, quite honestly, I, I battle this the time to make me want to be self-sufficient. Like I can just make it on my own. And there's this deep danger as we've lost this rhythm, this, this rhythm of being together and being together with God that we don't, that you can start to believe that we don't need each other. And even more scary, might start to believe that we don't need him because we're kind of making everything happen. Some of us are a little predisposed to being lazy. And uh, it may have been a little bit of a labor to get the kids out and go to church on Sundays already. And, and maybe you were just a part of it for once a month or every other, twice a month, what, what, whatever, the, whatever the number might be. And, and now there's going to be this continue. Now, COVID is actually exposing some of that laziness. And I, I just want to encourage you right now. You need rhythm and you absolutely need to constantly remind yourself that his faithful love endures forever. You need to be around people that remind you. In the coming weeks, we'll have groups sign up and you're like, I don't know what to do with that with COVID. Well, then find a way to do it on Zoom. Or, but, but be intentional and don't allow laziness to keep you from, from being with believers and proclaiming and reminding yourself of God's love. Man, some of y'all are introverts and COVID is the perfect a perfect excuse to not be around people, right? It just, it, it, and, and for some of y'all, you're convicted of, of really being careful around people, and I'm totally cool with that. That's maybe why you're taking this in on video right now, but if you're using this as an excuse not to connect with other people, well, you don't have to see them to connect with them, right? You, these days, you can FaceTime them, you can call them, you, you got all these options of being incarnational with other people without actually being in the same room. I just want to remind you right now that without that, you will forget that his faithful love endures forever. You need other people. The extroverts, you're, you're frustrated that we're not getting more time together. These masks are driving you crazy because you want to see somebody else's mouth and you want them to see your expressions and it's, and it's killing you. And you're saying worship's not the same. I'm not enjoying worship. I'm having a hard time worshiping because you love the togetherness. And, and, and sometimes this, this is just a great experiment for you if you're extrovert. Sometimes I think extroverts can confuse being together as a body because you enjoy the people so much and you can forget to connect with God. This is a season, man, where you can start driving your relationships more toward connecting with God because you have to be more intentional about it and you have to be a little careful about how you're interacting with people. And it's this opportunity to take, you probably have a little bit of a gift with this mouth of yours if you're extrovert, to take people to a spot where you're actually talking about God. I just want to remind us all that the design of the church was to be together. But when we were together, we were not together just to hang out and, quote, have fellowship. We were together to focus on God and be reminded that his faithful love endures forever. The early church did it really quick. They moved from an Old Testament system, which had amazing rhythm, right? The Sabbath was celebrated on a weekly basis and it was honored and obeyed. 
Um, there were other rituals that were annual. That uh, so, so so for example the. Uh, a variety of feasts that they got together. And, and uh, remember, there's the Passover feast is actually when Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper, the communion that we still celebrate. All those had rhythms on the Jewish calendar and they rolled annually on the spot every year. And then weekly they, they celebrated, obeyed the Sabbath. But very quickly, if you read the history books about the church, the first history book about the church is actually in the Bible. It's called the book of Acts. By the end of the book of Acts, chapter 20, they are getting together every Sunday, right? The day which the Lord had risen from the dead. They decided to take Sunday and set it apart. And, and in the evenings after work, so, so they're still working. In the evenings after work, they would get together as a church. And what would they do? They'd break bread. They would have communion. You know why? We got, if you, if you grew up in church, a lot of times there's a table down here at the front and it's got engraved in it. Do this in remembrance of me. Something that Jesus told the disciples, that they would take the bread and the juice and remember the sacrifice that they made on the cross. And very early, the church decided, hey, if we don't do that often, we're going to forget. And so they made this rhythm. Sunday night, we're going to hang out at so-and-so's house. From town to town, the church gathered together to break bread and remember the broken body of Jesus and the shed blood of Jesus on the cross. They had a rhythm about it. By the end of the Bible, Hebrews, uh, we don't know exactly who wrote Hebrews, but the writer admonishes the church, the Hebrew church, not to get too carried away and stop gathering together. They actually needed to be together, and often the church would gather around the Lord's Supper. So there's this quality of people together reminding themselves that his faithful love endures forever. And the way they remind themselves is remind himself of his unconditional love that was demonstrated. Love can't exist without it being demonstrated on the cross of Christ. So you got this psalm that's pretty amazing because over and over and over we say his faithful love endures forever. Man, I'd love for you to do that at the lunch table as soon as you turn this off with your family. Tell some stories and just say that phrase, his faithful love endures forever. But there's another phrase in here. It's not every verse, but it's most verses. The, the psalmist admonishes the people to give thanks to the Lord. So he actually says, give thanks, his faithful love endures forever. Give thanks, his faithful love endures forever. Man, I, I was just moved by reading that this week and thinking about our situation right now in a nation that's looking forward to an election and there's chaos surrounding that. Uh, we've got this scientific wonder of the coronavirus and it's in a, a amazing ability to, to spread and, and us just being overwhelmed with the ability to understand it. And a lot of us leaders really frustrated because we feel like we're kicking the can. We make a decision. We wait two weeks and we make another decision. We kick the can, make another decision. It's really hard to decide what to do because of the, uh, really because of the amazing power of this virus uh, uh, to spread. So we're trying to be responsible. And what, what ends up happening is in, in the midst of all the chaos and our rhythm breaking, we stop remembering who God is. He isn't in, intimidated at all by the coronavirus, right? He's not intimidated at all by COVID. He's not worried at all about the election. And we stop 
giving him thanks for Jesus' broken body and his blood spilled. And I just want to remind you today in your house, slow down, listen to that command, and give thanks. Uh, one of my favorites, a guy named Erwin McManus, writes a book called Uprising. Great, great read if you want to get it. Uh, and one of the chapters in the book is all about gratitude. I always reread it during the Thanksgiving season. And uh, he's got a couple amazing quotes I'll read to you and a couple ideas that I want to share with you because I really believe a great adjustment for you to make and for me to make and for Radius to make as we hope to demonstrate who Jesus is in our Radius here in the Midlands is for us to make sure that we are being grateful for what he's done. Here's an interesting line from Erwin McManus. Gratitude is the pathway of love. It unleashes the healing power of love. It increases our capacity to experience love and to give it. I think one of the frustrations about things not running well is that the way our nation kind of runs, you, you get to one thing and then you, you get to football season. And then you come out of football season and you go to basketball season. I mean, for, for those of us that are sports fans. And, and it's more, 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 more. You buy your starter home and you're looking to move to the next neighborhood. And then you're looking to move to the next neighborhood. You buy your first car and you're new, looking to move to the next car. You get your first job and, and there's always more, more, more. And, and rarely do we just slow down and appreciate what we have and show our thanks. Chris Seavey, who uh, is on staff over here at Radius Lexington, and he's starting a business right now, uh, often pushed our staff to write thank you cards. As a matter of fact, sometimes it's weekly. It was a weekly thing. We, we just write thank you cards. Because we wanted to sit and be thankful for, for what has already happened. So that line was so convicting for me. Even during COVID, when things have slowed in some ways, gratitude is the pathway of love. It unleashes the healing power of love. It increases our capacity to experience love and to give it. Is that happening in your house right now? Like, what's the love quotient like at the house? God's loving unconditionally. He's loving sacrificially, right, with his son on the cross. What's it look like, dads? What's this looking like at your house right now? Man, that's, that's where the health comes from, a loving environment. Some of us can't love because we're ungrateful. We feel like we've been robbed. You got that friend, right? that always feels like he or she has been robbed, hadn't gotten what she deserved, hadn't gotten what he deserved. And some of that with the unrest of COVID and the breaking of rhythms is, is exposed even more. I'm just, I'm asking you to examine your heart and ask the Lord to push you toward gratefulness. Because what happens over the course of a lifetime, ungrateful people become bitter people. You talk about grumpy old men. Maybe there's grumpy old men taking this in right now. When I am grumpy, I usually feel like I'm owed something. And eventually that begins to erode at my character. And quite honestly, believers, I get on social media a very limited amount of time. But as I scan my friends that know Jesus, we look like a grumpy people right now. Which makes me think that we're not very grateful. It makes me think that we've forgotten that his faithful love endures forever. 
And perhaps part of that is because we've broken our rhythm of saying that. So in the coming weeks here at Radius, we're going to challenge you. If you're a partner, we're going to challenge you to get back in your rhythm. I know for some of you, it's really uncomfortable to think about being in a, at an in-person service, and that's fine. But, but what, we're, what we are going to ask you to do is, hey, push your way back to a weekly connection with God through, through video if necessary. But a little bit more than that, reach out to a friend, invite them to the house, somebody you're comfortable with, and do it with them. Take it in, in community, even if it's just two families. If you're completely uncomfortable, and we've got some folks that are vulnerable and shouldn't do that, then take it in on video. And when this thing's over, get on the phone and call a friend who took it on video as well and, and talk about it. Because it's imperative for us to continue to review and rep and rep and rep that God's faithful love endures forever. It makes us a group of people that are attractive to our community, even though we have limited uh, impact in the community where we're not able to get out. It's still when we're out, when we're communicating, even on social media, grateful people, they fuel optimism, they inspire hope. You think our nation needs that right now? Our nation needs you as you represent Jesus. Uh, one last little read. I'll read it from this, this uh, book of Luke, chapter 17. It's an interesting story with Jesus. Jesus uh, heals these guys. I'll read it to you. As Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria, and he entered a village there, and 10 lepers. I don't know if you know about the disease of leprosy, devastating disease that destroyed bodies, particularly uh, in Jesus' time. 10 lepers stood at a distance crying out, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. And he looked at them and he said, go show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. So you can imagine these 10 guys on the way uh, to see the priest and they're, they're healed and they're watching their, uh, the boils on their arms be healed. And sometimes you would actually lose a digit, like part of your finger would fall off because of leprosy and, and they're being healed. They're, they're recovering even some of their lost body parts, which would have been amazing. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, praise God. So nine of them going to see the priest. One of them comes back and says, praise God. He fell on the ground at Jesus' feet thanking him for what he had done. And this man was a Samaritan. And Jesus asked, I just want you to listen to these questions as we close. Didn't I heal 10 men? I thought I healed 10 men. And then he says, uh, where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except for this one foreigner, a Samaritan? And then Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. This little moment of gratitude, a little moment of thank you, one thank you card. But I, I love the line Jesus says. He says, has no one returned to give glory to God? This little gathering we do uh, weekly on Sundays, it's an opportunity for us, the believers. And I hope Jesus not looking down at Radius Church and at our people that have been saved by the broken body and the blood of Jesus on the cross. And saying, hey, there's, there's 700 of you there. Where are the other, where are the other 20, 2,000 people? Didn't I, didn't I heal all those folks? Hey, this is a season where you and I can reach out to some of those folks. 
Give them a little love. Share some of your own gratitude. It'll draw them back to him. And that's, that's who we want to be at Radius. Let's pray together. Jesus, we love you. And we state out loud that your faithful love endures forever. You taught us how to love. You are love. And we're thankful. We give you thanks for that great gift, Lord. Help us be thankful. Grow us in our gratefulness. Help us be generous with our love for you to others. We trust you now and we ask for help as we walk another week. In Jesus' name, amen.